Hey everyone, and welcome to the Uncorked Corner podcast, where we cover the full spread of food and beverage industry topics. My name is Bianca, PR and marketing professional by day and food and wine connoisseur by night. And my name is Nick, an accountant with a passion for barbecue, beer, and whiskey. Today, we welcome back Julia Helene Hadas. Julia is the author of Witchcraft Cocktails that is now available. Uh, you can find the links in the description below. We've featured Julia on our podcast before. If you haven't listened to that, go back, listen to our previous episode. Uh, and definitely pick up a copy of the book. There's a lot of great cocktails in there. Absolutely. And in today's episode, Julia takes us through some Halloween cocktails that she created for the season. These cocktails fit the Halloween season perfectly, but are great throughout the year as well. We provide recipes, tasting notes, and the energies associated with each of these cocktails, as well as get into some fun candy pairings. And if you enjoy this podcast, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to us. With that said, let's welcome Julia back to the show. Welcome to the show. Today, we are so excited to have our friend Julia back from Witchcraft Cocktails. We are going to be walking through some exciting new cocktails. So if you want to just reintroduce yourself quick so everybody knows who you are and um, your book, because in case anybody hasn't listened yet, you have a great book out there. uh, And then we'll get into the cocktails. Yes, thank you so much for having me, you guys. So for anyone who doesn't know, my name is Julia Helena Haddis. I am a practicing witch, craft cocktail bartender, and worked in a distillery. And so I've combined my craft cocktail and witchcraft practices to make magically delicious drinks. Magically delicious. I love that. Someone, I stole that from someone who left the review (laughs) of my book. I won't lie, it was great. Hey, why not? Right. They gave it to you. So today we're here to talk about Halloween specific cocktails. This episode, we're recording it uh, the Wednesday of Halloween week. Uh, Halloween's this Saturday. We're going to be releasing this on the Thursday. So if you're listening to this now, uh, you can make some of these. If you're doing any Halloween Zoom calls, parties, throw some in a flask to bring me with you trick or treating, whatever you need to do. Uh, But we have four cocktails here that Julia was kind enough to craft um, they're all different. So something for everybody here. I personally made two of them so I could try a couple and I'll probably end up making all four by the end of the week. But uh, let's start by having you take us through each of these four cocktails and the names of them and just kind of the basic ingredients, what's going to be in them without going too much into detail. We'll break it down a little bit later in the episode. Perfect. I love it. So I was like, if we're going to start out front with that, we're going to be here for a while. But (laughs) just quick summary, um, I wanted to create a simpler type cocktail using ghost tequila, which is such a fitting name for this time of year. So we have, I'm calling it Black Sun after the song by Audio Slave. Um, But with tequila, just a nice... um, rejuvenating it's a hex breaking protective and purifying margarita variation with blood orange then we have the witch's wand which is a variation or riff off of an apple teeny with some more witch aesthetics and associations in it as we know lots of witches or if you you know watch harry potter have wands and so i try to incorporate things like bourbon that's associated with you know has oak um, aged in oak barrels 
apple super magical walnut just a lot of magical witching herbs to craft a cocktail for wishes blessings abundance and magic then we have the what are you calling that cocktail again the the coffee Ouija. Ouija. coffee Ouija yes martini. <laughs> I hadn't settled on a name yet, but we have a coffee Ouija martini, which is basically, you know, um, a variation of a coffee martini with lots of additions that's supposed to, like, as the name would insinuate, inspired by spirit communication and divination for the Samhain. So a little bit of coffee. I'll be visiting absinthe. my tonight. That'd be fun. Yes. <laughs> and then I created another, I have a variation of kind of like a pumpkin spice cocktail in my book but for today I decided to create a brand new variation so you have two options to choose from um, but a pumpkin spice martini with a little bit of almond amaretto pumpkin spice syrup from proof syrups as well as cinnamon and a bit of milk so Bianca since she just kind of let us right into it do you want to tell us a little bit about proof syrups real quick and uh some of the ones that they sent you over to try and uh how you can use those in these cocktails? Absolutely. So we, I know uh, we haven't all gotten a chance to try them yet, but I have been the lucky one <laughs> got their delivery. <laughs> so I have had my proof syrups here. And what Nick and I were excited about when we got to when we get to try these was that they have some cool fall flavors. And I know a lot of different mixers aren't necessarily seasonal. So we were really excited about the pumpkin spice and the maple bacon and the pecan and the black walnut especially. And I know that you are gonna be using some of these in your cocktails, which is awesome. Um, but Proof is a mix-in company that does all sorts of different flavors, really interesting ones. Um, for anybody who's not familiar, we will add their tag to the show notes and uh, we will include them in photos after the show. But definitely worth checking out for anybody who's interested in those seasonal kind of mix-ins. And in case you can't get those and you have a uh, liquor store disposal that just has regular bitters and simple syrup and stuff, we have uh, different variations of the recipes too that you can craft. I know that's what we did to kind of make these in essence, but also ones that you can use those cocktail mixers to sort of cut some corners on them. Uh, but we'll show it both ways a bit so that you can uh, have an easy way of setting these up. So... Another thing that I wanted to get into, and we'll kind of work our way through these. Uh, we'll talk through the couple that I made. Um, Julia, did you prep prepare any for this podcast? Are you drinking one right now? Um, I am. I am drinking the pumpkin spice martini, but I did bring all of my stuff up here. So if we need to make any on this spot, I am prepared. <laughs> well, I have made the black sun, and I have made the coffee Ouija martini. So that gets us three of them at least. And maybe we can do a live cocktail mixing a little bit later with uh, Witch's Wand as well. Um, if you have the stuff for that, uh, and that would be a lot of fun too. Uh, but to kind of talk through the ones that we have now, I made the Black Sun Martini, uh, uh, Margarita, I should say, with the Ghost Tequila. <laughs> it's, <laughs> guess I've had too much of it already. Um, it's one and a half ounces of Ghost Tequila. Uh, you can really use any tequila and maybe add in a little bit of pepper. I went crazy and I used the ghost tequila and added some pepper um, to kind of get a little bit of extra heat right, you know, down in that chest and throat with that ghost pepper tequila. It's not overly spicy if you're worried about that, but it gives it a nice heat. Um, and I also added some hot cayenne pepper powder uh, into the drink too and mixed it up. So you have a little bit more of heat on your mouth as well, uh, which 
as you know from some people that we've talked to before, I am spice crazy and make things as spicy as they possibly can be. Uh, also in this, you have an ounce of lime. I use fresh squeezed lime, half ounce of agave syrup, uh, one ounce of blood orange juice. Uh, if you don't have that, I went to my local Hannaford's up here in Maine and I was able to find blood orange lemonade, which has obviously blood orange and lemon. And I use the same amount of that and it might give it a slightly different flavor, but just as tasty, I can guarantee it. It's a super, super uh, tasty, not overly sweet. It's not going to kill you, but it's a nice sweet drink that you can sip on, enjoy, and it'll make you hang on to sort of those, I guess, last days of summer slash fall weather that we have before we get into the snow up here in Maine and New England. I love it. And you know what? I love that you improvised because I know I put together, you know, sometimes these cocktails with lots of different things in it, but it's really just to show people what they can do. Always improvise and make stuff work for you. And the wonderful thing about blood orange juice, if you can get it because it should be, it's season's kind of starting here, um, is that it's red. So for Halloween, especially it has that nice blood aesthetic, but you can also try replacing it with palm pomegranate juice to still get that red color. And then you can try doing a black salt rim for an extra special Halloween beverage. That's something I couldn't find too. Is there a place that you go to, to get that stuff? Um, or do you order it online? Cause I, it seems like most normal grocery stores, at least around us don't really have all the crazy salt colors. Like when I go to, um, there's a place up here called Terlingua that is currently transitioning to a new location. So I haven't been able to eat there in a while, uh, since the pandemic started, but they always have a big spread out there with probably, I think three or four different colored salts that you use in their margaritas. It's, uh, Mexican inspired barbecue. So they have a lot of cool cocktails, but I can never know where to find those different salts. Where can you get those? Yeah, it's, it's one of the things that bothers me because obviously, you know, um, there's spice shops are usually going to have black salt. So if you have a local spice shop that you can support, do that. Um, that was one of the frustrating things for me because I, I had black salt and then I misplaced it and then I have to go find it again last minute. And I'm in Safeway, my local grocery store, sharing, like staring at their long shelf of all of these different types of salts. And there's no black salt. Um, so you can, it's, it's not super expensive. Um, you know, you can get a big bag of it online for maybe 13 bucks. And that's something that you can use a lot. Um, you can actually use it inside the cocktail as well. So it doesn't have to just be for the rim. It's used um, in witchcraft a lot. Now there's a big difference between the black salt you would end up buying at a witchcraft shop versus the edible kind you want the edible kind but it's multi-use and you can use it for a lot of things so online would be the primary place if you can't find it at your local spice shop and another question i have too kind of getting into salt in the rim obviously being sort of at home just getting into the cocktail game uh i have no formal training in this and if you stick a glass into dry salt it's not going to stick so what do you do to the rim of that glass to make the salt stick and hold on a good solid rim Yes, I'm so glad you asked this because I was so excited for Halloween in the witching world or Samhain. I'm like, what are all the ways I can make any beverage Halloween? So usually we use something like lime juice. So you can take a ledge of a wedge of lime and put it around the outside of your glass where you want the salt to be. You can do lemon juice. You can try using an orange wedge as well. Um, Sometimes though, you have to be careful with black salt. The grains can be bigger if they're not fine grained. So you might wanna use something like, you can try using a little bit of agave, although that's gonna add a lot of sweetness to it, but that's gonna hold it in place if you're going just for aesthetic. 
Additionally, um, I was kind of thinking, playing around with it, uh, if you reduce grenadine enough, so you let it heat, you can make it at home, really simple, pomegranate juice, sugar, a little bit of orange blossom water, or you can try adding, you know, a little bit of orange vodka, but obviously be careful because it becomes alcoholic if you're using it for mocktails as well. And you reduce it enough and you get this nice thick syrup that you can, makes it look like blood a little bit. So it might, you know, slowly drip down your glass, but it's a nice Halloween effect. And you can use that for the black salt. Now we'll add a bit of sweetener, but you know, it's a fun, cool look to it. Definitely, definitely adds to it. And one of the things about your cocktails that makes them so different is that you have those kind of energy properties and the different things that make every cocktail unique. And I, that's what's so great about your book. And for everybody who hasn't, again, listened to that first episode, definitely check it out because it's very interesting. Uh, what is it about the cocktails that you have made this time around for the fall, for Halloween? What are their energetic properties and kind of what makes them special? Absolutely. So for the um, Black Sun Spicy Margarita, you know, there's so much going on. So what I do is there's a magical associations for each ingredient that we use in witchcraft. And what you do is you break down, you know, each spirit, what's used in the creation of that liqueur or liquor and get, you know, become familiar. You can find information online or a little, you know, um, Scott Cunningham's encyclopedia of herbs and look up what it's associated with. And at the very least, if you're not into witchcraft, you now have a cocktail with a very unique story behind it. So tequila, the base of of the Black Sun Spicy Margarita, we have, um, is made from blue agave, and which has a really interesting life cycle. It takes 10 to 20 years for this plant to be ready to harvest. And when it finally does blossom, it has to be harvested very quickly. So it has this interesting life and death cycle. It, to me, it also symbolizes taking your time, coming to your power and strength. And so it adds particularly kind of this rejuvenation, life, death cycles into this cocktail. We have ghost pepper, which I listened to your ghost tequila podcast. And then I also looked online that kind of comes from India and around there. And they would use it for protection for a lot of healing, but also as a repellent. So it's a nice addition with that, really protective, rejuvenating. You have the black salt, which is protection as well. Agave syrup is just a natural add for any margarita. And then the blood orange juice, um, orange in particular is associated with divination, love, spirituality, you know, well-being. You can think in a lot of Asian traditions, they will give oranges or mandarins as, um, a gift of abundance and well-being. But blood orange has that nice red color that as its name would make us think, associated with ancestral connections and, and blood and um, had that nice Halloween element, but also energetically it has this nice cocktail that has to do with rejuvenation and protection, which I think we could all use a little bit of that in 2020. <laughs> and when you drink it, it makes you feel good like most cocktails do. So <laughs> yes, can't go wrong with that. Um, to get into the other one that I made, and then we'll dive into the apple teeny, and we can talk about the uh, pumpkin spice one uh, briefly, and then we'll go on to some other things. But I also made this coffee Ouija martini, and this one is a really interesting one uh, because one unique property of it is that it uses absinthe as a rinse for the glass, which adds a, uh, if you're familiar with anise or the flavor of anise, um, it's sort of this licorice flavor that you use to rinse the glass with. So obviously, again, like I'm saying, I'm not a trained cocktail artist, 
Uh, so I had to do some Googling to figure out how to do this properly. But I took some absinthe that I got at the store. It was about $30 for the, you know, 750 milliliter standard size bottle. I swirled it around the glass a bit to kind of coat it. And then I tipped it. So it was right along the rim, kind of along the full side of the glass. And I kind of rolled the martini glass around until it uh, fully coated the sides. And then I shook out all the excess so there wasn't too much absence sitting there in the bottom. So it didn't affect, affect the flavor too much because anise is a very strong flavor if you're familiar with that or Sambuca or anything else that uses it. Um, uh, the rest of the ingredients is uh, gin, walnut bitters. I used uh, black walnut bitters, um, one ounce of coffee liqueur, uh, half ounce of vanilla simple syrup, which I made by using... It was an ounce, or it was a half ounce of the regular plain simple syrup, and I threw in a quarter teaspoon of vanilla extract and mixed it around, and then three quarter cups of coffee. And it is 9 p.m. over here, so I did use a decaf drip coffee, uh, so I'm not up all night, but uh, the flavor just the same came out good, um, and it is delicious. Now, if you also, if you're not into gin. I've made espresso martinis in the past. I know we talked about this on our fire department coffee podcast. I used the shellback espresso again uh, in that one, but today I went with a decaf variety. And um, the you could also use vodka to make this so you don't have as much of those floral sort of gin notes. Uh, if you're more into sort of a mellow alcohol that doesn't affect the flavor too much, you'll get more of the coffee liqueur and coffee flavors if you use a vodka. So feel free to use a kettle one or any other, you know, vodka that you want to use to mix in your cocktails. Julia, do you want to tell us a little bit more about the spiritual properties of this one? Yes. And I love that you, you know, mentioned definitely switch it out. You guys, you can do vanilla vodka if you like. And then we also kind of um, talked about proof syrups. They have a lovely walnut syrup that you can use in replacement of the walnut bitters and the vanilla simple altogether. The nice thing about syrups is that once you make them or have them, you can use them in almost anything. And so it's kind of a, a fun investment to make there if you wanted to try that. But yeah, this is designed specifically for um, psychic vision protection, you know, clarity. So to get more into it, absinthe has a variety of herbs and herbal ingredients in it, particularly anise, which I need to tell myself to pronounce anise all the time. I want to call it anise, but it's, it's anise, according to the dictionary, <laughs> and wormwood. And both of these ingredients are used very heavily in spirit communication. And so this is a great addition for concoctions with psychic abilities, you know, purification, but also has that, you know, clarity addition to it that we kind of want. And it's a great ingredient for bridging the gap between the physical and ethereal realms. So that's why I wanted to put this in this cocktail. I used Orbium Gin because this um, Orbium Gin is by Hendrix Gin. It's a limited edition, seasonal. I only suggest it for people that are gin drinkers because they would love it. But it has extra, you know, um, wormwood and other gin typical flavors in there. But that's going to be great for grounding, protection, purification, again, psychic abilities. 
The walnut bitters, um, we'll talk a little bit more walnut with the apple teeny, which is wand, but it's really good for mental abilities, protection again, granting wishes. And then coffee has a long use of being used in divination. So it already has those associations. It helps, you know, we think of coffee gets you energized, right? Helps you think clearly. Although if you have too much, maybe I think <laughs> it helps you fast because it's also energizing. Um, so it's really great for you know, the conscious mind, energy, again, the divination, cleansing, and then vanilla just adds a little more peace and energy and abundance in there. So altogether, this is just filled with psychic ability associations, grounding, and a lot of great associations for power as well and manifestation. And you can add a little bit of cinnamon if you like to, um, to add a little dash in there and see how that goes, because that's going to be a great complement to the coffee. I'm really excited to try this one because I, I love gin and I specifically love Hendrix, but I have not tried the Orbium yet. So I will be going to, as I mentioned, we'll be having a little mini Halloween party with some family on Friday. Uh, and I will definitely be getting the ingredients. And I did see that Total One has that Orbium. So I will be there picking that up. Uh, I love that. And I think it looks so great. Obviously Nick made it with some different, different gin, but it looks really good. And one thing that I didn't mention that uh, is a really awesome garnish that I just got in my mouth is the three coffee beans that you throw on top. And yes. I know, Julia, you noted <laughs> that in your email to us at the recipe. But I also read that online. That's kind of standard practice with the espresso martinis, and yeah. the coffee martinis you might get. Um, and I know I did that last time I made one as well. But it's just a nice little, uh, if you want an effect when you shake up the coffee martini in a shaker, and then strain it in. Uh, usually there's a nice little foam layer on the top if you kind of pour it swiftly. Um, and it'll float right on there and you'll see like a little kind of island of uh, coffee beans. It's a nice cool look. As I always say, it's not a real espresso martini or coffee martini unless there are three coffee beans on the top. So. <laughs> That's, that's perfect because <laughs> yes um coffee beans like i said are used for divination so you can use the beans afterwards you know use them with like a little ouija board or you know whatever it is you want to do for your um halloween party i'm very superstitious and uh very uh believe that there's ghosts out there so i'm not going to do that i don't want to know who's <laughs> hanging around yeah no ouija boards for nick <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Um, so do you want to tell us a little bit about the apple teeny that you made? Yes. Did you want me to make it live or do we just talk about it? Oh, actually, you made the pumpkin spice, right? Let's go through that first and then we can make the apple teeny live and then we'll yes. get into our candy pairing. So stick around so you can hear some of those. I love it. I had, sorry, just to mention really quickly, but I want the apple teeny. I was like, at the very least, green cocktail is just so perfect for this time of year. It just looks so spooky. And this is a really nice green color. So I'm excited for that one. So like I said, I already have kind of a pumpkin spice cocktail that I did in my book, but I wanted to create another variegation. And there's some other additives in here. So there's two ounces of vanilla vodka in this concoction. Um, you can just do normal vodka. You can throw um, a vanilla bean into your vodka. And then you have those associations of vanilla that we talked with, with sweetening, you know, abundance, purification, things like that, as well as, you know, vodka is going to depend on what you, what you, what your vodka is made out of, but, um, you know, really good for, for clarity. And then we have 
a half ounce of amaretto, which is an almond liqueur. Almond is really associated with money, luck, and healing. And then a half ounce of pumpkin spice syrup. So I made one using another blog. I'm probably going to make my own. But the idea was also that you can use the pumpkin spice syrup that Proof offers. And you know what's lovely about that is if you want to do homemade pumpkin spice lattes, <laughs> you're good to go. Once you have that syrup, you can do pumpkin spice, everything. And um, pumpkin is really associated with abundance, a lot of, you know, goddess or feminine quote unquote energy worship, money, healing. I also put in a little bit of cinnamon schnapps because I wanted, and also this is an abundance cocktail, right? So you get Goldschlager, which is cinnamon flavored, and you have the gold flakes in there. You got the manifestation galore for money and prosperity, but cinnamon's really used for spiritual heightening, success, money abundance, and then half and half, which is also associated with a half. I did a half ounce of half and half, um, but it's associated with, you know, love, spirituality, and all of that. So this is a great concoction for bringing in wealth and abundance and um, spiritual heightening. And you can kind of, you know, vary it per what you don't do and don't have. So maybe instead of cinnamon, throw in some fresh um, cinnamon from your spice closet. Awesome. And um, now I wish we were together right now because I'm about out of my cocktails, but why don't we do a live making of the apple teeny? So you can kind of show us everything, walk us through the process while you're doing it. And uh, we can see kind of how a real true cocktail artist does it live in the flesh. I love it. And you know what I might try and do, you guys can tell me if this is not okay, but if I put it right by the microphone, then we might get a little bit of ASMR as I'm- There you go. <laughs> yes. Good. We'll sound bite it, put it out on YouTube. There Everyone you listening I... to it on Spotify and Apple will get the full experience. So. <laughs> Definitely we'll see. I'll try it while you go. <laughs> I love it. So the just to talk a little bit about the back um, story of it is obviously I wanted a green cocktail, but then additionally I wanted something. This is called Witch's Wand for a reason. There's a lot of associations in this drink that are things related to witchcraft practices in particular. So the base of this, we're going to do three fourths ounce of bourbon. If you don't like bourbon, you can let me pour this. Um try doing, you know, vanilla vodka again, but the bourbon particularly is aged in oak barrels besides grains and grain harvest being used in the, in that sound and Halloween related for the last harvest of the year. But the oak barrels, orc is particularly magical. It's used for protection, health, money. I mean, everything you can think of. It's really good for protection against lightning, but used in luck and manifestations. So that was a great one to put in there. And then, I'm sorry, I have to grab this. Give me one second. I have to break no the ASMR moment because my bottles are out of reach. And while we wait, I noticed Julia, you just, uh, I don't know if you can hear us right now, but I noticed you just use a different uh, tool called, I believe it's called the Jigger. It came with the cocktail set that I ordered off Amazon. Uh, but I noticed a little bit of, um, an issue with it it is a one ounce and a two ounce the one that i got but the cups are both shaped like cones so how do you take that and manage uh trying to get different variety uh different measurements out of it so the i'll make it closer to my mic here 
The one that you have is kind of one that I would say is for bartenders or craft cocktail enthusiasts. <laughs> because the first one I bought when I first started bartending actually shows the measurements in it. So, <laughs> so when you're learning, it's not so great to have one that doesn't have the increments on it. So that's just an unfortunate case for you. Um, you can pour it into like a shot glass that you know is an ounce. I mean, bar thing is bartenders, we know counts. We know we're so used to pouring that like, I don't need something that's measured anymore. I know where it's gonna rest at because I've developed that sense. Um, and the one I have is an ounce on one side and an ounce and a half on the other, which I personally love, but it depends, you know, some bars use a typical two ounce port, which you may want. So um, if you can maybe invest in a proper jigger, this one's by, I don't know how to pronounce the company's name. I don't want to embarrass myself on this podcast. So it's O-X-O. <laughs> And, That's um, all, I call it OXO. I have different. Uh, you I always called it OXO. So if I was wrong, I, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you could call it a mirage of things. But um, so this is the one that I have is, is um, shows the increments on there. I actually want to get the one that you have. That's next on my list. Next, we're going to do an ounce of sour apple schnapps. You can try just using apple liqueur if you like, but I wanted the electric green color. So I wanted to do the apple sour apple brand. And then um, apple is associated with love, healing. There's a lot of love divination that people actually do around Halloween associated with apples. It also is associated with wisdom. You know, you think an apple a day keeps the doctor away. So longevity, but particularly magic, because when you cut the apple, um, right across, you get a perfect pentagram, a five-pointed star, which is associated in witchcraft traditions with the five spiritual elements of earth, wind, fire, water, and spirit. So it's a super magical ingredient. An ounce of that. Then we're going to do half ounce of lemon. Lemon is associated with the moon. It's great for purification, longevity, joy, just positive vibes we can all use now. And do you make your own lemon juice? Oh my God, yes. Sorry. <laughs> I was just curious because I saw the empty uh, the blank bottle. I was like, she definitely makes her own. <laughs> Absolutely. I pre-juice before I do anything live. Um, that's so funny because it didn't occur to me until I saw someone leave a review of my book that people would read my book and then they would go buy pre-bought and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> my craft cocktail bartender <laughs> snobs, so, you know, do what works best for you always, but um, just do fresh if you can. It tastes so much better. It makes such a difference, but you know, again, do what you can. Then we are going to do a half ounce of our vanilla simple where did I put it and again while Julie is finding that uh if you don't obviously I I don't know if a lot of people will be able to find it. I don't know if it exists but I went to the liquor store I got simple uh, I was simple syrup just whatever the cheap store brand was and I used a half ounce of that and mixed in a quarter teaspoon of vanilla extract which most people have in your baking drawer baking cabinet whatever you have um, mix it around and it did just the job. Perfect. So yes. And yeah. And I just did it at home with just a, you know, 
vanilla bean that I had on hand. So vanilla simple, already simple syrup is going to be sweetening people up to us, right? Sugar purification, protection, neutralization, and love. And then we have the vanilla element, which just enhances that. Then we're going to go ahead and do walnut bitters. Now I chose black walnut bitters by Fee Brothers. I love this one. It's just, if you aren't allergic to nuts, um, this is great to use in old fashions, but particularly because walnut is another tree that witches will actually use for their wands. So it's a nice other addition there. Again, mental abilities, granting wishes, you know, protection and grounding. So I'm gonna do two dashes of that. So before we go further on that, you mentioned old fashions and that triggered me right away. I'm a whiskey guy. So typically I'm familiar with the Angostura orange bitters. That's what I always use in my old fashions when I make them at home. Um, and whenever I see them out in a cocktail menu, it's usually the orange bitters. So you do, do you use the walnut in addition to that? Or do you uh, just use the walnut bitters and then use orange rinds or something to get sort of the old fashioned cocktail? I would do an addition to Angostura. Um, just because there's such a traditional flavor that that grants. And quite frankly, if I put three dashes of walnut bitters, because I have an old fashioned recipe I learned from one of the bars I worked at that I just make it all the time. We do three, three dashes of bitters. If it was three dashes of walnut bitters, that would just be probably too much walnut for me. Um, so I would, you know, maybe do like two dashes of Angostura and one dash of walnut or the vice versa. Um, I don't, I do sometimes do orange bitters, but not very often. Um, I like to throw in more eccentric ingredients or like, you know, mix up the simple syrup. I'll have to give you my recipe for simple syrups or um, old fashions because I love old fashions. They're one of my go-tos. Definitely. And when I'm drinking whiskey, if I'm not drinking it straight, that's what I go right to. Now, can you also explain real quick, uh, again, sort of bartending school tonight, uh, what you consider a dash? Yes. So what's lovely about these bitter bottles, if you're getting a craft bitter, lucky you, they usually come with a dropper. So that's going to be a drop. But um, if you get one of the ones that you might buy like at a Total Wine or your local liquor store, there is kind of like some essential oils. There's a device on the top that controls it. So that way a drop is only let at a time. So dash is just like kind of like one turn of the bottle that lets like a drop out basically. A dash is a drop, but it has to do with how many times you turn the bottle. So next I am adding in two to four dashes of rose water. The reason is, is because I was thinking this is not an essential ingredient always with any of these improvised to make them work for you. But I was like, what is another witching herb I can use? And there's lots of associations, but rose is one of those typical ones for like glamor beauty and things like that. So I wanted to put that in. It's also used for psychic ability for healing, divination, and protection as well, if you think of the thorns of the rose. So I wanted to put that in here. And you listed that as optional. So for somebody who isn't, maybe they don't have the um, that ingredient, does it make a big difference in the flavor? Um, it depends on how much you put in. So I also, I don't want too much rose in this. I mean, this, to be quite frank, and, and we'll pour this and we'll try it again, I'd probably put rose on the top. 
because I want that aroma to greet me and to be the first thing that greets my way into the apple. The rose and the walnut might conflict each other a little bit. So I'm, I'm going to put some um, rose water on top to kind of greet and set the aroma going forward, especially I, with the proof syrups. I wonder with their walnut syrup, which again could be used as a replacement for the walnut and vanilla here. Um, that might be, I wonder how that would taste with the rose water, but it's not, it's not, none of these are essential. <laughs> I'm just talking you through, you know, for people listening, why I put these together, do what works best for you. You can look up a typical apple teeny recipe online and look at mine and change it up to what works with what you have accessible. All right. So Next. I think, oh. there you go. You've gone. Oh, I was going to ask, uh, after we're done with this, uh, being a kind of a history and culture nerd, I want you to walk us through a little bit about what Halloween, like this, uh, I believe you called it Samhain, uh, mm -hmm. the significance of that in sort of the witchcraft community. But let's finish the cocktail first, yes. and then I'll go into that. I'm going to do a quarter ounce of elderflower. That's another really magical witching herb. Um, you could do something with elderberries if you like, but elderflower is really just associated with the fae or the fairies. You know, obviously people not interested in witchcraft. This isn't like your kindergarten fairy art, you know, you drew while in class. It's a totally different history and lore behind the fae that we talk about in witchcraft. Um, but is elders really good for purification, healing, protection, prosperity? So great addition. If you want, you can try adding a little bit of cinnamon since I'm doing this again. Why the F not? So when you're adding in a whole ingredient, say you're making some sort of a cocktail with berries or with apples or any sort of citrus that actually you put part of that fruit or part of that ingredient in, are you straining that out before you pour it into the glass? Oh, yeah. Most definitely. Oh, this is going to be shaken and strained. So when you're adding, yeah, definitely if I'm something like cinnamon, I don't want a bunch of cinnamon bits unless I'm doing like on top of whipped cream, which is delicious, but I don't want a bunch of, you know, cinnamon pieces floating around. So it is to be strained. I'm going to add ice. Then we're gonna go ahead and put this in our shaker. This is a shaken and strained cocktail. You can use the Boston shaker. You can use the mason jar, just be careful. Now I'm gonna go ahead and strain this. Oh my God, it smells so good. <laughs> Go ahead and strain into your glass. And then I'm going to taste it as is and then see about adding rose water on top as well. Oh my God, that's so delicious. Mm. <laughs> Make me jealous. <laughs> and you guys can't see because glass reasons, um, but it is an electric green color. Here, let me put it into another glass. And we will be releasing see. the video of this one so everyone can right. see all these. Oh, really? Yep. And uh, <laughs> I know I've been sipping on uh, mine and I've been showing them the camera too. So, yep. We'll Are you sure them. you want to release the video version? Oh, yeah. We'll do it. 
<laughs> Unless you're okay. against it. <laughs> um, well, I don't I, I am. And the reason is, is because I realized I didn't have proper glassware with me. So I literally just poured this into my shaker and then into a piece of plastics. No worries. <laughs> That's fine. Have the Work actual... what you have, you know. That's just how it works. Yeah, because we're... Re- yeah, wearing her spider web shirt and everything. She's all oh festive. We gotta release it. It's fine. Well, if you guys edit it, I can just I can quickly redo it. <laughs> no, that's not necessary. It looked great. <laughs> <laughs> we're authentic here. Come on, it's nine p.m. over here. We're all you know just hanging. Okay. Nick, okay. Well, no one judge me. This would be this would be in a proper glass, in a coupe glass or martini glass. I just did a presentation right before getting on this podcast, so I didn't have certain things accessible to me. So I improvise a little bit. So do as I say, not as I do. No one's gonna judge you. Anyone, if you really want to see a great cocktail, go to the Witchcraft Cocktails Instagram or blog or anything. You'll see pictures of beautiful cocktails and nice glassware. Tonight, we're just shaking them up and drinking them. That's the way we're doing it. So yes. uh, no judging tonight. I especially love bit... your hand glass. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Um, the the one I showed earlier, or like, did you? Yeah, with the, yeah, I love that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, and on that note, I couldn't find my vanilla simple, so I just put agave in here, which is delicious. So <laughs> if you're wondering why I did that, <laughs> you can improvise. <laughs> whatever works yeah this is a really nice um tangy citrus concoction um i love it a lot it has all those magical associations with you know a witch's wand and magic and blessings and it's just delicious so uh as i kind of teased before when you were uh, mixing up the cocktail why don't you take us a little bit through, as you call it, Samhain, uh, and how Halloween and this sort of holiday, this time of year is significant in the witchcraft community. Absolutely. So, you know, it's really varied. Samhain, obviously in the Northern Hemisphere, astrologically is going to be different than the Southern Hemisphere. They're going to be celebrating Beltane, which is another holiday at this time. Um I will say that cultures across this globe at this time of year worship the dead. It's just a cross-cultural thing that people do around this time and that has to do with, you know, the harvest and the passing of the seasons. But another layer of it is, so there's astrological Samhain, which is kind of the cross-quarter day between the solstices, or I should say between the fall equinox and the winter solstice. Samhain should astrologically be right smack in the middle which would put it at 15 degrees of Scorpio for those that know astrology now that's not on the 31st but um that's a few days later but on the 31st is when we typically celebrate you can think All Hallows Eve Day of the Dead and Sao in particular the name comes from Celtic or you know ancient um on you know, England and practices along there that people have kind of adapted and taken that name to represent the holiday altogether. All right. Yeah. And uh, now to get into more traditional American Halloween, let's get into some candy pairings with each of these cocktails. (laughs) I mean, every good cocktail has some sort of a candy pairing. Absolutely. Oh, am I supposed to do the candy pairings or do Uh, you have them? Well, so I prepared some (laughs) 
I figured we just talk on this. I'll be honest with you. I was talking to my girlfriend on the phone today trying to figure these out. It's a lot harder than it sounds when you're trying to pair these cocktails, these complex cocktails with uh, the simple candies that you might find on the shelf at your local convenience store or something. Uh, but we'll kind of go down the list here uh, that you sent us. We'll start with the Black Sun, which is the spicy margarita with ghost tequila. And in the theme of spicy, uh, this is shout out Alex. This is her suggestion. Atomic fireballs. If you want to make it as spicy as possible, <laughs> oh my uh, God. definitely go well with it. Um, and then I also thought maybe something, it is a margarita. It is citrusy and fruity. So maybe something like a starburst, specifically orange, yellow, and red um, <laughs> would uh, pair well best with this. Um, but that's what I would go with with that one. Uh, any thoughts from you two on what you would like to chew on while you're drinking this cocktail? I have a giant sweet tooth, so I feel sorry if anyone takes my advice because I'd probably just heap on the sugar. Now, it depends on what version you do. You did it with the lemon, um, so lemonade variation, but if I did blood orange, blood orange has such a nice depth of flavor to it that I'd probably choose like I don't know the name of this candy. This takes me back to when just years ago, like the nineties, um, there's like this red strawberry hard candy that you'd bite into that would have an inside. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? I have no <laughs> idea what the name of it is, but I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I would personally, it just comes straight to mind for me is that one. I don't know. I, I think spicy and spicy would be too much for me. So I would probably go sweet and spicy and do some dark chocolate. I think dark chocolate and spice is incredible together. So I'd probably go with some sort of like a dark chocolate sea salt deal, uh, extra dark with that spicy, spicy sip, spicy sip and a, a dark decadent bite. That would be my pairing. And this, this might be cheating, but I know there's those, uh, the cocktail and drink flavored gummy bears. I don't know if anyone's ever had those. I know Bianca, I believe you gave me a gift of the Corona Yeah, the sugar peanut. I love those. Sugar yeah, the Corona package, <laughs> the Corona one. If you take the, uh, the Corona and the lime, uh, gummy bears, mash them up in your mouth. Uh, those would also go awesome with this being a lime based drink, not being a margarita, mm. uh, to move on to, into the next one, the apple teeny. This one was tough for me. Um, the, uh, sour, like a sour patch kit or something, because it is sour. It does have the, uh, the yeah. lemon in it, the sour apple schnapps, something like that might be good with it. But outside of traditional candy, I'm going to cheat here. And I'm going to say like a candy green apple would be awesome to drink with that one. I didn't have a chance to make and taste that one yet, but, uh, that's probably where I, my head would be at. I love it. Um, I'm so surprised that was hard for you because I'm immediately like Jolly Rancher. Hello, Sour I Apple, Jolly Rancher. Jolly Ranchers. That would be and a then one. Caramel <laughs> Apple. Hello. And you, if you do a caramel yeah. sauce, you can put it around the outside of the glass. Now, everyone, I want you to forget what you saw me do earlier. If you saw it, <laughs> this is what your apple team should look like. Okay. <laughs> there it is. I love it. Perfect. And all its green Give me, Yeah. Um, so I think a caramel apple would be lovely with this. That's what I would go with. I am with you. And I, I honestly think I would probably go with the little bullseye caramels, just like one of those mm. little tiny, just bite-sized caramels. Perfect with a sip of apple because I love caramel apples. So I'm totally on board with that. And then you get that kind of like a spice like or not spice sour like perk flavor in your mouth and then you have that nice soft flavor of the caramel that kind of pairs well with that 
I don't think uh, it's very controversial in this. I know a lot of things if I said I didn't like, but I don't like a bullseye. I don't think they're that good. So I'm not going to roll with that one. We're talking about cheesy Halloween candy. So that's <laughs> that's the direction I'm moving in next. You might as well go flavorless candy corn on that one. But Ouch. let's go into the pumpkin spice <laughs> That's martini. debatable. I don't know if candy corn can be considered flavorless. A lot of people like it. Just saying. The pumpkin spice martini. Um <laughs> I completely drew a blank with this one. This one's tough because there's no pumpkin candies that I could associate with it uh, as far as I know. But realistically, if I think pumpkin and I'm going to kind of steer away from super pumpkin spice, like think your pumpkin spice lattes that you'll get at Starbucks or wherever and go more of a simple pumpkin flavor. I'm going to pair that up something uh mellow sort of creamy like chocolate and i'm going reese's you're still going to keep the orange with the reese's cups um and the peanut butter and it's still going to be super tasty and i could eat a reese's cup with just about anything but that's going to be my pairing but maybe you guys have come up with something better than i have (laughs) that's so funny um i didn't think of a reese's cup but that that does sound like that would complement well i'm thinking pumpkin i mean it's pumpkin season and can i swear is it okay you guys swear on here okay i fucking love pumpkin i'm a basic witch so pumpkin bread (laughs) would be great with this because also the bread this is a really like this variation of the pumpkin um, martini is thinner it's not as thick since we're not using like fresh pumpkin in it that I would typically do. So the pumpkin bread is a nice compliment for grounding. I know that's not candy, but whatever. So that's my we'll allow it. It's still, <laughs> it's still really fall based. It fits in the season. We'll allow it. I was going to say the same thing. I'm going with like a cinnamon sugar donut, like one of those little tiny mm. ones, just like a nice bite of that with a pumpkin. Cinnabon, that would be perfect. <laughs> Again, bun, not yeah. candy, but we'll allow it because of the season. <laughs> if I'm going with candy, I'd probably have to resort to chocolate again because that's what I always lean yeah. towards and just mm-hmm. go with like a chocolate covered pretzel or something with a little bit of salt. And jumping back to it, actually, while I'm here, um, the Black Sun Margarita, I just thought of this. Recently, Bianca and I took a trip to Stowe, Vermont, and there was a Lake Champlain Chocolatiers, and they had a spicy Aztec chocolate that they had. It was, again, getting back into spicy uh chocolate with pepper in it and that would pair perfectly with that uh, margarita and i think mm-hmm. i could pair that with the pumpkin spice martini as well on that too yeah, with that chocolate and a little bit of spice different kind of spice than the pumpkin spice but still spice uh, coffee ouija martini this one uh i had a little trouble at first until i made it and tasted it at first i was thinking something like maybe a snickers something not you know basic candy it's got a lot of flavor got that caramel got that chocolate uh sort of goes along with coffee not a ton of coffee candies out there those chocolate covered coffee beans that you get for uh (laughs) breaking up taste testing not a great uh candy to just eat um but now that i've tasted it i'm gonna switch my choice and i'm actually gonna go with the heath bar i think a heath bar would be awesome to pair up with this cocktail based on how the flavors match up. I'm on board with that. That's a good one. <laughs> that's a good one. I like that. I, Cause I was thinking like, Oh, chocolate covered espresso bean, but that works as well. I think I'd also go the, along the route of a Tootsie roll. Um, and then the um, root beer hard candies, whatever those are called. Yep. That's probably what I would yeah. do. Those are good. Tootsie rolls are <laughs> a great one too. Yeah. I just think that uh, sort of that toffee type flavor would be really good, really well paired with this. I mean, I, I, I'm torn because I think 
It's not technically candy, but I always buy those little mini like Nani's biscottis and that's like my go-to with coffee. And I think I would do the same with an espresso martini. So I feel like those Ooh. go together, but if I'm not allowed to pair that, cause it's not technically candy. Um, it's kind of, I feel like that's kind of hard. I'd probably go with like a Kit Kat. <gasps> I love Kit Kats. Again, I could, I could <laughs> eat a Kit Kat with anything too. Kit Kats are delicious. That's true. Mm. <laughs> Eat those anytime with anything, without anything, it's fine. That's <laughs> dangerous. This I don't need to think about candy right now. <laughs> <laughs> None of us do. I haven't even bought any yet because I'm like, I'm going to eat it all. So <laughs> yeah, well, and also this year, you don't know how many trick-or-treaters you're going to get. <laughs> so if you left all of it to yourself. <laughs> Last year, we had one at our apartment. So with everything going on this year, I am expecting zero, but I guess we'll see how it uh, plays out as we get into it. Maybe people are eager to get out there and get outside. Yeah. So now I have two cocktails. I've got the pumpkin spice. And I started with spice. two. I ended up with three. Um, I know I made one for my girlfriend as well, but she wasn't a huge fan of it. Uh, oh, she didn't boy. like the gin. And about halfway through this, I'm sure y'all saw in the background, my girlfriend shuttled me and the rest of hers, and I finished that one too. I was wondering so what she was doing. I triple-fisted it today. <laughs> um, endless cocktails. And I also managed to spill one all over myself. So you probably saw me wiping that down if you're watching the video. So you're just but, making up for that with the third one. You're fine. Exactly. Yeah. Make it up for it. <laughs> But, so essentially everyone watching is going to get a lot of behind the scenes stuff because I didn't know we were putting the video up. So I'm like, well, shit, what else did happen? Well, we were, we were talking about this actually with another uh, cocktail artist we were talking about last, talking with last night. He wrote a book, uh, J.M. Hirsch, Shakespeare Done. Mm. That's going to be coming out soon. Um, we were chatting with him and we were talking about how, I guess, difficult to use the martini glasses it's the most spillable glass I've ever seen in my life. I first, like I'm just getting into the cocktail game, I picked up some martini glasses, figured it'd be an essential. And whenever I make a cocktail, it's filled to the rim and I'm walking oh, yeah. out of his house, walking <laughs> anybody the who, trying to Anybody who's ever waitress knows that people who order martinis, it's, they taste great, but they're the worst to carry to a table. <laughs> it's every time I've seen a martini bar, it's always that nice, like iced over bar that people stand right up at. The bartender gets a reach right over and it makes complete sense. Why? Because it seems like an impossible glass not to spill a little out of. <laughs> I was so lucky because I am terrified of using trays and it makes me wonder how I got through being a bartender for as many years as I did. Part of it is you're stuck behind the bar. So the servers take it all up for you or your bar back. But a lot of the places I worked didn't actually use trays like true food kitchen. You'd kind of have to be able to hand it all yourself. So I would never use a tray in my life. <laughs> yeah. They're I, not very fun to carry. <laughs> I could not deliver on a martini, uh, martinis on a tray. That's for sure. The margarita that I didn't have a margarita glass for, but I threw in my tumbler glass, that I could do. <laughs> Only filled it up about halfway. That was unspillable. But uh, the martini is definitely difficult, although delicious, so worth it. But put it in a different glass. Like a coupe glass. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. And that's exactly what Jam actually suggested as well. And I see you got the martini glass there, sipping it like an expert. This isn't, this is a little different. My friend is um, moving and so she gave me these antique glasses, which God, I pray I do not <laughs> break these. <laughs> so these aren't exactly more like they're very, very um, low to the ground. Thank God. 
That's good. And they got a nice shape to them to kind of hold everything down in there. Mm -hmm. Instead of that triangle, it's got sort of a curve down at the bottom there, like a margarita class hood with that little knob, kind of hold everything in. But all right, Julia, I don't want to take up too much of your time tonight. Is there anything else you want to leave off with about your cocktails or about Halloween in general uh, before we break tonight? No, you guys just have fun. Happy Halloween. There's so much stuff happening in the skies we've got a blue moon which happens once every 28 years and mercury retrograde if you pay attention to astrology and all kinds of fun things so make sure you have a good drink because you may just need it and how <laughs> 20 man saturday <laughs> probably don't need to work on sunday so oh you're you working on sunday no no no, no. i'm not i'm saying oh. people probably won't have to a lot of times halloween happens on a weeknight uh, yeah but that is this true. year not the case too bad COVID ruined it for everyone or everyone would be <laughs> yeah. out partying at the bars. <laughs> well, thank you uh, so much for having me, you guys. We had such a great time. Thank you again for coming on. Cheers. We're looking forward to make uh, the only other two cocktails that I haven't made yet are the pumpkin spice and the apple teeny, but I look forward to making those soon. Uh, and even if you don't get to make them by Halloween, it's still uh, definitely a good fall cocktail, no matter what season or what type of year you're drinking it in. Yeah. But again, cheers. Thank you for coming back on. Cheers. Be sure to follow us on social at Uncorked Corner and on the blog at uncorkedcorner.com for a taste of more food and beverage content. And if you enjoyed the show, don't forget to leave a comment, subscribe, rate, and review on whatever podcast platform you prefer. Thanks for listening. <laughs>